Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Welcome once again to Top Stories. I am, yet again, Andy Zaltzman. Today we are going back in the bugle pass to May 2010 and a seismic shift in British politics. It was bye-bye Labour and hello to, well, it was yet to be seen as we recorded issue 114 of the bugle. But if you've been following the United Kingdom in the past 13 years, you'll know it hasn't panned out universally well. Here I am with John Oliver. Top story this week, anarchy for the UK. It's coming sometime and maybe I give a wrong time stop a traffic line. Your future dream is a shopping scheme because I want to be anarchy. You've been waiting a long time to get that one out of your, oh boy. your bag, John. That felt better out than in. That was your rescue club. Well, well Andy... You woke up in a different Britain than the one you fell asleep in. You're like Dorothy waking up and realising that she's actually still in Kansas, it's just that Kansas has swung frighteningly far to the right. (laughs) That's not a scarecrow, Dorothy, that's a homeless man who now has no welfare state to help him. (laughs) Now click your heels together three times and say, I wish I'd voted yesterday. (laughs) So... What is the atmosphere over there, Andy? Well, John, just just total panic, as I suggested at the top of the show. We just, you know, we're just waiting for someone to take control of this country. As uh, uh, I'm sure our Bugle listeners know, it was a hung parliament yesterday's Uh uh, elections. We're recording on Friday at the moment. It's still all up in the air. As we're recording, David Cameron is making a speech in which I believe he's declaring that he has the Queen hostage in the boot of his car and he's going to kill her unless we let let him be Prime Minister. Well, but Britain is currently without a government bugler. And I actually think this is really a, a huge opportunity, a big chance for the Queen. If yeah. she drives around today, Andy, firing a f- machine gun into the air, I think she could have the dictatorship that I know she's been dreaming about since she was 12. Yep. Uh, interesting that actually that this should have fallen uh, for, on Bugle 114 because 114 is the number of times David Cameron has had practiced his uh, off-the-cuff acceptance speech uh, he's now having to hastily rewrite. Uh, also the number of times Gordon Brown has dreamt he was born 100 years earlier and in Russia. Uh, ironically, interesting. also the A114 in Germany is a road leading to central Berlin and with a hung parliament the right-wing press have been telling us that we might as well have let Hitler win, take over and divert the British A114 in northeast London straight to the Reichstag. Um, so it, it's been it's kind of amazing because the Labour Party uh, lost the election, uh, the Conservatives also lost the election, and the Liberal mm-hmm. Democrats, well, they lost the election really quite badly. They really lost the election. And uh, the assorted Celts and nutcases, they've also lost the election. So, <laughs> now with everyone having lost the election, we're now down to a squabble about who has lost it the least. 
Uh, and uh, the Conservatives had uh, the most votes and seats. But they don't. N n this is an argument over who has the mandate. The government right. clearly ended up with um, uh, under 30% of the vote from a 65% turnout, um, 255 seats. They need uh, 326 for an overall majority. The Tories um, uh, on 302 as we speak. Uh, Cameron is now saying, this is breaking news on the Bugle, Cameron is now saying he, he does subscribe to the Bugle but hasn't listened to it for a few weeks because he's been busy. <laughs> That's now flat. That's that's come through from Reuters. Wow! But he's saying he's going to try and form a minority government and talk to the other parties. Now, I mean, this this could be a momentous day for British politics, Sean. This could be the day that British politics grows the f up. Uh, and mm, it could be. <laughs> it Andy. could be. I think, Andy, the problem there is that you're presupposing an engaged electorate and right. politicians with the capacity for shame, <laughs> and that's uh, that's ludicrous. But uh, I mean, it all yesterday it was an incredible day. It was awesome going to vote. You know, I, I, I love the smell of democracy in the morning. Yeah. Um, surprisingly similar to a dairy farm, in fact, in the morning. <laughs> the smell of British democracy also sounds quite like one too, and has a lot of people milking it for all they can. And an unholy mess is inevitably left behind. It's truly uncanny, John. Um, but there is, as you know, nothing better in this life than writing the letter X in a box next to mm -hmm. the name of someone you've never heard of. Yep. That is what democracy is all about, John. So, no government as it stands. But uh, to be honest, Andy, I don't think this result has particularly surprised anyone. Gordon Brown actually released a statement saying that he would take full responsibility for the election defeat a day before the polls even <laughs> opened. <laughs> I'm not questioning his facts there, Andy. I'm just questioning his timing. He is a regular Henry V, that man, isn't he? <laughs> Men, gather round. I just want you troops to know that when Agincourt is a total catastrophe, I mean a complete massacre, that it is on me. OK? My bad. I think that's it. Once more into the breach to your certain deaths, everybody. Let's get this thing over with. Well, it's like Churchill in the first draft of his uh, famous We Will Fight Them on the Beaches, We Will Fight Them in the Hills uh, little skit. Um, quite different, because <laughs> he wasn't very confident. Mm -hmm. uh, and he said, uh, we will fight them on the beaches, we will fight them in the hills, but frankly, I don't really fancy our chances. The Germans are looking pretty strong at the moment, and to be honest, they probably deserve to win. They've certainly been the better team over the course of the war so far, and uh, we can have no complaints, really, so uh, best of luck to uh, Adolf and his team. They've thoroughly merited this victory. But uh, luckily, uh, someone got to him and said, right, come on, come out fighting, big win. And he did, but um, but we've had a touch of the uh, uh, a touch of uh, excitement in this democracy that uh, a number of postal votes have gone missing, um, and right. we've ended up with hun hundreds of people being locked out um, uh, as the polls closed at ten o'clock last night because uh, there were huge queues because I think people had committed the mistake of living in a massively incompetently run area, right? Um, and um, and so <laughs> there was genuine sort of it almost looked like it was about to break down into violence. We had a real touch of the sort of Afghan election experience. So it's, nice. we're kind of sharing democracy around the world, and, and it's, it's shown that it's, it's give and take, really. But the people of Britain have spoken, John. They spoke they spoke with one voice, and what they said was... Oh. 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 <laughs> now all three parties start jockeying for alliances like they're on a jungle reality show all about to eat a jar of cockroaches. <laughs> and in fact, that process might have even more dignity than the one they're about to embark on. <laughs> it's also three people competing for a job that, if any one of them stopped to think about it for a second, would realise they might not actually want. <laughs> Britain's budget deficit is set to be even bigger than Greece's this year, and they are on the verge of a bankrupt anarchy. <laughs> this might actually turn into an argument of a, you have it, no, 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 you have it. Oh, well, come on, you won most seats, it's yours. Oh, I won't hear it, Prime Minister. Ah, please don't call <laughs> me that. <laughs> 
Yeah, because usually at elections you get people coming out and claiming victory, but um, I think they looked at the economy and basically everyone was saying, no, it's not looking good, uh, and just desperately trying to claim defeat. And uh, I think Cameron's failure to win this election outright must go down as one of the most spectacular electoral bloopers in our history. As Labour, John, was staring down the barrel, but more than that, they had pointed the barrel at their own face and written a note saying sorry to everyone they've let down and then placed the Conservatives' finger on the trigger. So quite how it went wrong is, is, is frankly baffling, particularly when they had a huge support from the, the press, the Conservatives. Um, uh, and this sort of fed into the anti-Lib Dem swing, I think, in the last few days. The worries that, about the hung parliaments, a lot of the newspapers had said... Um, uh, these concerns that were vomited out by the by the Tory press onto the nation's cornflakes about how basically looking at Greece now it's basically a computer simulation of what Britain will be like if there's a hung parliament, just flames, riots, 100,000 years of British civilization conflagrated in one fell swoop of electoral indecision, and about how if there's a hung parliament, it would probably vote to ban all medical advances made since 1785 uh, and make all women wear concrete burkas. So, I mean, that, that was that was the level of scaremongering going on. And uh, the Conservatives, uh, if they do form the, the government, which now seems likely a minority government, they will be the least popular incoming government since the 1920s. But I think that these low expectations could really help, John, because uh, people have had enough of being let down by their politicians. They're sick to death of it, quite literally in some cases due to NHS underfunding. But you can only let people down if they expect you to be any good in the first place. And the way this uh, election has gone shows that people don't expect anyone to be any good anymore. And expectations will be so low that all the Conservatives will need to do is stop the Queen being kidnapped by the Chinese and everyone will think they've done better than expected. <laughs> so this could actually work, work for them. There were, there, were, uh, there were also, of course, the traditional voting irregularities to add a bit of spice to the day. Uh, you mentioned the uh, long lines and people being shut out. Apparently, also this time, a 15-month-old baby was sent a polling card, <laughs> giving him the option to vote. His name is uh, Alexander McConnell from Southwold, and he received the card in the post along with the cards for his parents. And everyone seems to have had a bit of a laugh about this, Sandy, about how funny it is that this baby was given the opportunity to vote, but that baby should have got off his ill-formed ass <laughs> and actually voted. Does he know how many people died so that he could be mistakenly sent that card? <laughs> I bet he doesn't, because he hasn't even bothered to develop his brain to the point where he can even process that as a potential piece of information. And is that not typical of the apathy endemic in the young voter at the moment? <laughs> they should have carried him into the voting booth and left him there until he'd made up his mind or at least eaten the ballot paper. Uh, so were you were you up all night, Andy? Because I remember that we spent the last UK election up all night writing, yeah. uh, writing an episode of the radio show we work on that time, uh, eating sweets and then appearing on CNN International in front of the Houses of Parliament with a hyperactive Richard Quest. <laughs> well, that's so right. What was it this time? Uh, well, I did uh, did something on the radio mm -hmm. um, uh, and uh, a couple of things on the radio, and then went to the BBC's boat. Part of their coverage, they had a boat. Was it, well, it was, uh, what, what kind of boat was this? Was it like, like an old galleon? Or was <laughs> it a, a military boat it was just, with a, a cannon pointed at the Houses of Parliament? It was just a two-man speedboat, but with 50 <laughs> people on. Um, uh, it was, uh, uh, I don't know, it was a, a leisure boat of some kind, just moored right. by the uh, Millennium uh, Eye. And uh, across, just across the river from the Houses of Parliament, um, although the camera never appeared to be making full use of the opportunity to have the Houses of Parliament in that shot, so that boat could have been anywhere in the world. Oh, um, and uh, it was, uh, you yeah, know, it was, it was uh, uh, Bill Wyman was there. 
Oh, um, right. And um, okay. but 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 I thought it'd be quite interesting. I got this invite for no reason, and um, I thought I'd go along and see what it's like. But what it was like was just lots of people I vaguely recognised off the telly watching the telly um, <laughs> to see what was happening. Right. Uh, one one uh, quite nice moment. Uh, I was um, last night. I was. Uh, I just done a little radio interview uh, and um, just walked out, and there were some people watching a big telly in the uh, uh, in in the room next door. And uh, as I walked out, I had a picture of Nick Griffin uh-huh. and the word barking above, because <laughs> that, that's his constituency, a place called Barking. But it just I walked out, and all it, all that was on the screen was the word barking and Nick Griffin's face underneath. And uh, it seemed kind of appropriate. This is this is a bit of a worry though. The far right, UKIP. Um, the UK Independence Party and the British National Party between them took 5% of the vote, John, which uh, is up by, I think it's about double since the last election. So it does appear there are more c**ts in Britain than there were five years ago. <laughs> I don't know if it's contagious. Chris making a note to do some bleeping out there. Be very diligent with that. Here's another one for you, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> That was another top story. Thank you for listening. The Bugle podcast is alive because of you, yes, you, and your regular or one-off donations to help keep our shows free, flourishing, and independent. Donate now at thebuglepodcast.com. Hi, it's producer Chris from The Bugle here. Did you know that I have a new series of my podcast, Richie Firth, Travel Hacker, out now? It's the show where Richie Firth and I talk about how to make travel better in our very special way. In this series, we discuss line bikes, Teslas, the London Overground, and a whole bunch of other random stuff that possibly involves wheels or tracks or engines of some variety. God, what a hot sell this is. I mean, you, you, you must be so excited. Listen now.